Hi, my name is John. And my name's Chris. And, and this, this is Stay on, on Target. Hey, everybody, welcome to Stay on Target. We are your hosts. You can find us online at StayOnTargetPodcast.com. That's right, John. This week, we are talking about Star Wars. Star Wars. The Rise of Skywalker. The Rise of Skywalker. The Vanity Fair article. The Vanity Fair article. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there's a Vanity Fair article out about Star Wars, as as there was with uh, The Force Awakens. Um, there's also a, an article from Esquire about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I have not had time to read that one yet, but I am so pumped about that movie. There's a new trailer that we'll talk about in the news. Yeah. Um, but John, yeah. before we do all of that, what have you been up to this week? Oh man, this week. Ah, that's a good question. So I've been playing through SteamWorld Quest. Mm. Um, I mentioned that I was going to pick that up a few weeks ago. I think it was like I'm going to pick it a week or whatever. Yeah. Super fun game. And uh, that's basically what I've been putting my time into. I, I also have gotten a couple more wins in Apex. Cool. Um, cool. And uh, I'm excited. Here's the thing. Apex Legends, and they've like Vince Simpella has said this that their season is too long, but their season is way too long. Like the the <laughs> they haven't changed anything like since the beginning of the season. They've done weapon balancing, like a lot of that, but they haven't like introduced any like new shake up things, like a new character or a new gun or anything like that. Like it's it's basically the same as it was at the beginning of season one. And I wish that they would have changed things a little bit sooner. Like I'm I'm ready for it. I'm ready for it to be fresh. Is the season like, almost over? The season has about I think it's the end of June, man. I is it longer than Fortnite seasons? I it might I be it about was the same. It might be about the same, but Fortnite does have those dynamic things where oh, well, we're going to introduce say, like, this. Well, I, or, mean, I yeah. think that we have to look at this like season one of Fortnite. I mean, season like Fortnite didn't point. end up like changing and doing a lot of like like map changes or like big world events until like season three or that's, four. That's a good point. Um, and I do think like they have a lot of things like planned and heroes and stuff like that planned, but uh, it's just in like I said, Vince has said before he's like. We didn't think that it, we would need to do it more frequently, but we definitely like I, I, we want to do it more frequently than yeah. we are doing it. So, yeah, um, and that's you know, uh, I think that's just the, the problem is Epic has set the bar for that now. They have with Fortnite, and so you have to you're kind of expected your audience expects you to uh, offer new things more than just like new weapon skins and like character skins and stuff. Right. And that's like, that's kind of where I'm at. Like with, uh, with, with Apex right now, I was like, I'm, I'm having a great time. I play it basically. Did you ever the buy same the battle way. pass? Uh, no, I still I'm literally up, up at like level 50 something now or 60 something now. And so anyway, you know, they, I, they deserve your money. John. I literally just need to buy it. And, uh, because I, I could get bonuses and well, make and more you, XP. You would be further now uh -huh. if you had gotten uh -huh. it at the beginning. I know Chris, I know all of the things. Anyway, uh, <laughs> you're like one of the, I guarantee you're one of the like most, I mean, there, there's probably, you know, there's people like me yeah. who never win Yep. and like pick it up like occasionally, but then there's people who you, like you, who like win like twice a night <laughs> and like pick it up like almost yeah. every day. Yeah. Like, I feel like you're like a, a power I, user. I definitely am like one of the, one, one of the, like, oh, I know, know this map, like the back of my hand, you know? Yeah. Like you should, you're the person who should be buying this thing. That's, that's, you're, you're correct. And uh, for some reason, I just I, I haven't done it. it. I have, and it's it's not like I didn't intend to. I still intend to buy it because I, even the things that I've already unlocked on that that are I just need to pay them. It's it makes my money back for me. Well, that's, so. what, that's what I was about to ask you. Like if you buy, yeah, if you buy the current one, mm -hmm. will you have enough to buy the next one automatically? Almost. Not quite. 
but almost like, I mean, I'm, I'm only like, uh, they do, I think every 10 tiers or so they give you like a little so bit of extra, now. but I mean, so I'm even just saying boosts. with the, um, with the like loot boxes, like just those alone yeah, was yeah, like, yeah. Oh, there's a totally. guaranteed legendary item or right. like whatever. Like there's a couple of those boxes in there and I'm like, man, I, I would hundred percent make yeah. my money back on this. So I, uh, speaking of battle Royale, I need to get into Fortnite and, uh, get a win this season yeah like, like that's I've, I've decided i think i said on the show like yep. i've decided like okay i'm not gonna do the battle pass every single time i'm mm-hmm. like i'm playing other games unless i just really want to get into it but i do want to keep getting at least one win each season so i can get the uh the seasonal umbrellas not an easy task sometimes no you know but, sometimes uh, it takes sometimes, a, lo- a while yeah but i'm gonna i'm gonna try yeah but i haven't done anything this season yet yeah so. The interesting thing to me, like, and, and maybe like whenever you come back into like Fortnite, like you'll, you can tell me if it's similar, but like I, we, w- we went away over the weekend, like visited family and, uh, and so like coming back at it, like last night or whatever, um, I was very rusty, uh, at Apex. <laughs> I was very rusty. Very rusty? Very rusty at Apex, I felt like. And, uh. And just with like three days off? Yeah. With like a few days off, I was just like, oh man, I don't, I need to get back in. Maybe it was just, I was just sleepy. Yeah. I don't know. I, I was, it's I also think possible. there's something else going on. Not enough caffeine doesn't, you know, something. who knows? <laughs> that seems absurd. But, uh, but yeah, like it took me, it took me a long time to like get back in there. Like, okay. Now I'm getting kills. I'm getting, you know, taking people out. Like, this is back to normal. So that's hilarious. Um, the other funny thing is, I don't have a main. Like a lot of people will be like, "Oh, you know, I, I, they only play as Lifeline or whatever. They only play as one of the heroes." Yeah. And it's like I bounce around all over the place. Yeah. Um, and it's because like every day you get you, like XP for each character. Yeah. Right? If you get your first kill of the day with every character or whatever, and I try to do that sometimes before you know before bed or whatever, I was like, "Oh, let me log on for for an hour or whatever and just do every character and try to get a kill with them." Every, you know. Some you know, matches last like you know, thirty if you had the seconds. Battle pass, but... you, that uh, XP would be multiplied. It would be multiplied. In fact. Um. Well, cool. What I've, have you been up to? I haven't been up to a lot. This has been like the busiest season, um, at work I've ever had. Mm. Um. And I mean, it's not a bad thing. I knew it was coming. I yeah. planned on it. Um. But uh, I just haven't had time for like literally anything. Um. Except for. Except for Game of Thrones. There it is. The finale. The finale. I watched that. This is the final uh, final week we're going to be able to have this recurring segment, man. Uh, at some point, I want to do a review of this right. uh, season. Maybe not the whole series, but at least the past couple seasons. The series might be a little ambitious. Like, uh, I mean, I think like you, you could. The thing is, you could you could review this whole like season, and you would inevitably bring up. Oh yeah, like the entire series, of course. Um, but like, I mean, again, spoiler free. So if you haven't seen this, you know, like what are you doing with your life? Like, I think, I think the stat was, um, a third of all adults in the U S watched the finale or something like that. I feel like the other two thirds probably know what happened. Yeah. Like, well, no, I'm talking like, like they watched it live. Oh, literally watched it live. Yeah. 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 That was like, I think I saw that stat earlier, um, this week, which is insane. Like (laughs) that blows my mind a little bit. I know it's, it's, well, it's funny. Like what TV shows actually make people watch things live. You know, like, because anymore, everything's mm-hmm. so on demand. You wait for things yeah. to come out. I was literally talking to, uh, uh, I stopped by Barnes & Noble looking for the Vanity Fair article, uh, the magazine. Um, it came out, um, uh, it comes out in June, so it's not, but it's online already. I don't understand it. I know, it's, it's weird. Uh, I don't need to pick it up at the store anymore because I just read it. I know, me too. Whatever. Anyway, I'm still going to pick it up. Um, but I bought a, uh, it was a... Entertainment Weekly special, like, 
Big Bang Theory, like only on the whole series because the season series finale was last week, I think. Mm-hmm. And um, so, like, I was talking to the cashier, and she was like, "Oh, did you did you watch it?" And I was like, "No, I'm actually like a few episodes behind. Um, we're just we have to catch up." She's like, "Yeah, I didn't watch it either. I just watched uh, I watched some clips on YouTube. I cried." I'll probably just watch it when it comes to like a streaming service somewhere. I'm like, yep. This is what we've come to, man. People do not, they don't even watch the TV shows. Well, they just watch the like highlights on YouTube. But, uh, <laughs> but of, <laughs> right? Of all the shows that you could possibly do that to, I feel like Big Bang Theory is, is, I don't know. is I, up there. Like, cause it's not like, it's not like there's like an ongoing riveting story like there, is, there with, is with uh, Game of Thrones. Well, yeah, it's not again. Yeah, that's you know, my point. Or Lost, I mean, or like the, right. you know. I mean, it, there is an ongoing story, right. and yes, it's a comedy, so it's not like. But you think about things like Seinfeld, like right. that was a comedy. Oh yeah, and like everybody watched that. Oh yeah, you know, the end of Friends. You know, the end of The Office. I remember we oh, all yeah. like that was like. Uh, and it's not. You know, again, it's it's different from show to show. I think it's just interesting. It's just interesting to find out mm-hmm. what shows yeah. create that kind of cultural moment right. and event. Right. You know, and it like I feel like to me, Big Bang Theory wouldn't be one of those shows, and it and obviously isn't. But it, it's like, it but isn't. why? Yeah. But why wouldn't I like anyway? Like that's the other thing is like why yeah. why what is it about that show that isn't like we have to like watch right. this on air as it goes? Right. I don't know. Yeah, I, 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 we should do a whole episode on that. Sometime. We should. I think that's really cool. Like event, event episodes. Uh, I, back in the day, like we obviously weren't around it, but the original uh, Fugitive television show. Mm, yeah, like that was a uh, that was a big one. Yeah. Um, I think like uh, our dad like talks about like he like um, had to like get off work or something like that. It's, yeah. Anyway, there's that, that was the big one from yeah. back in I mean, that there's era. A, there's a photo of uh, that. Um, uh, there's a I forget what account I follow. I follow several like history accounts or whatever on Instagram, and like uh, recently um, they posted a photo of Seinfeld being people watching Seinfeld on a giant like screen in Times Square with mm. captions. Nice. Like like that's how people literally standing in Times Square outside watching the Seinfeld finale. That's such a a. <laughs> Such a cool like concept with oh in the city that right? it, like takes place in. I know. Yeah, it's cool. So I don't know. You know, it's just interesting. But anyway, um, Game of Thrones final episode. Um, my initial takeaways, um, barring the fact that this season just moved way too quick, we've talked about that extensively. Moved way too fast. Yeah, every single. I mean, yeah. I I like the. Um, I, I'm I'm pleased. I'm I'm satisfied. I'm pleased. Um, I think like they executed it well for how much time that they allotted for it. Um, I like, I think that, um, you know, it was surprising, but it was also like, it also made sense. Um, and there's like some comfort in the fact that, um, it's the, it's the Indian that George R. R. Martin wanted. And so it's like, okay, well, as long as we're sticking to that, then I, I'm not going to necessarily argue with it. Mm. Um, I can argue with the way in which it was, um, executed or portrayed or how we got here. Mm -hmm. Um, but uh, overall, like the story, like it feels very cohesive. It makes sense. It's it's um, 
it's rare to me, you know, because you look at things like Lost, you know, like, you're like, this is really how it's ending? This yeah. doesn't feel consistent with anything else we've set up for this entire show. Agreed. Or like, this felt consistent. Yeah. Like, surprisingly, and I didn't think it was, it didn't feel like we were going to this spot. Yeah. But it felt like, like, it felt really good. Yeah. And, um, I like that. There are a lot of people who are just up in arms about it. And it kind of comes down to, like, you know, something we've talked about on the show before, um, where it's like, well, at the end of the day, you either have to, decide like i'm going to accept that this is the storyline that this is the story or i'm not you know like yeah. it's it's kind of like i don't argue with the end of the lord of the rings and say well he should have done this yeah and blah, blah 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 and like okay cool but that's what J.R.R. tolkien like he created this world he wanted to make that this mm-hmm. is what george R. R. martin wanted how he wanted to end it right at least the tv version of it right so um, there's been some articles recently, like, I think it was, it's funny, you know, like oh, now, he, you know, he can, he can talk about whatever he wants to talk about now. Um, and you know, he's been asked like, so the book's gonna end the same. He's like, well, yes and no, yep. and yes and no, and yes and no. And it's yeah. just like, well, there's, you know, like for some of the sub characters, maybe not, there's yeah. a lot of people who are like either dead or alive and either one of them that mm-hmm. are different. Um, but like the major things, yes. Yeah. And so it's like, okay, cool. Like. I feel good about that. Uh, that's that, that sounds like any any book to film adaptation. And this is a film to book adaptation now. Well, now, yeah, now. I mean, it's it's weird, you know. They're they're working off of you know, uh, yeah, uh, outlines and such. But, yeah, yeah. Um. Anyway, I thought it was great. It's cool. I enjoyed it. I really want what I want to do. Like, it's interesting the way that it was um, divided up. At least the the last three episodes. So. First three episodes kind of stand alone, and episodes two and three really like go together. Mm-hmm. And then the last three episodes kind of stand alone. Episode four um, kind of stands off to the side, and then like episode five and half of episode six really go together. Hmm. It's kind of like a Casino Royale, yeah, uh, Quantum of Solace situation. Yeah, where it's like, oh, that movie ended actually, midway no. through the other movie actually, and began it's, the it's, movie. It's the opposite. It's yeah. like because like Quantum of Solace actually began in Casino Royale. Correct. It's it's the other way around. It's like the, you know, episode uh, five ends in episode six. Interesting. And then there's like a jump in time. Well, and they used to do that kind of stuff with uh, with Lost sometimes, like where it's like, yeah. oh, we just wrapped up this person's storyline midway through this, but let's start something else right before yeah. we, you know, it's well, like I, that was mainly to and keep I think it that's, going. That's, but I, like, well, I think that like, I think that that would have, if they had actually like done it like that and divided it up correctly, like what it would have ended up being is like episode five being two hours long mm-hmm. and episode uh, six being an hour, which yeah. would have been fine. Right. Um, or you know, like it would have been it actually would have been a normal like forty five minute episode right, is what it would right. have been, um, but and, and I also think that like everyone who was like thrown off by episode five and where it ended, I think that would have been alleviated had they divided it up correctly. Right. Well, and you wonder like what was the what was the priority level of of I think the, they just want to keep everything at an hour and 20 minutes. Right, that's what I mean. It's like, oh, we want to, with the priority level of like keeping this at a certain t- runtime yeah. versus where does the story chapter like technically end? Yeah. Um that's interesting. Like the 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 groupings there. I also wonder like whenever you mention like, oh, the, these three episodes go together, it's like those should have been seasons. Yeah, it's like the, all yeah. of the groupings should be seasons, totally. you know. 
Totally. And even like this last one, people were like, man, this last episode like could have been like half of a season, you know, it's, and yeah. should have been. So uh, like I, and I will say like it does make me want to dude. as soon as he freaking like if there's a glimmer of the, the like that he's going to release the next book, I'll start reading through these things um, <laughs> because which I mean, he still has another one after that to write. So yeah. who knows how long it'll take him. Yeah. yeah. Um, but because I like it does make me want to read the books now. Mm hmm. Uh, now that it's over and I know the ending, because I'm, I'm kind of like, you know, it's like the Bourne series. Like, that didn't follow the books really closely. Okay, let me... <laughs> Almost at all. <laughs> different... Um, man, I'm trying to think. Like, Hungry Games, I wanted to read that book and finish that book the series before I watched the movies. Yeah. But if I... I'm trying to think of another good example of something I watched the movies first with. But, like, if there's, a, if there's something that I start in one medium, I kind of want to finish it there. Yeah, and then I also Harry feel Potter. like... Yeah, well, jumping over to... That was the one. I was like, I'm going to finish this in the movies before I read the, the books. Ha jumping over like to another medium, it's like it, it gives you a different perspective on it, like where you're like, oh, because I, I didn't. I started on the Harry Potter movies, and then I jumped over the books and then finished it out there and then finished out the movies. And, and so like there's... I'm glad I did that. Oh, I feel um, like once you start the books, you have to finish them. But if it hadn't been ended... Like if the movie was <laughs> gonna come out before the final book, yeah, I don't think I would start reading the books at that point. No, I wouldn't read the book. Yeah, you know that's that's, that's what, what I'm that saying. Was my, like, that was my it, thinking. I'm like, why would I yeah. start reading these books now? Because because with Harry Potter, like it's I, muddy the waters. I I started reading the books um, at the next movie. Like the next movie hadn't come out, and it's like, oh well, the next book is out. Let me just read that one. Yeah, and so I picked it up there. I was like, oh, but book four, five, yeah. you know, and six, and then obviously like, I went back and read before the final book came out or whatever. Yeah, but. If it hadn't existed, like if the final book hadn't existed and they're coming out with the final, like the movies are basically ahead of the uh, books now. Yeah. I don't, there's no way I would have gone over to the books yeah. before the final book came out or whatever, before yeah. I watched it, you know, out. It's, 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 just, like, it's just a weird thing. Really. Like, I know. It's so why weird. would I jump over to this thing that's like <laughs> way more long winded, has way more context and way yeah. more like uh, storytelling <laughs> ability in it? Whenever I'm literally just going to jump back to the movie for the final like moment, uh -huh. like why would I? Why would I do that? Get like the feast and then jump back to like the fast food, you yeah. know, or something like yeah. it's it, not 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 to degrade one or the yeah, other, yeah. like not I mean, to be real, disparaging for movies. Real derogatory toward these movies. Yeah, like but you know you know what I'm saying like yeah. it's just yeah it's weird. Well, I mean, and they're and they're so different, you know, like maybe not as much. I, there's just more depth in Harry Potter. Yeah. I don't think there's a, like a lot of characters that are like either dead or alive that are different in Harry Potter. No, not really differences because again that that whole thing had basically like each each book played out exactly pretty yeah. much how it did. But like you know with Game of Thrones, it's like I mean there was I mean and, and it really comes down to like there's too many characters in the book. If you put more, you can't put more characters in this TV show. Yeah, there's already too yeah. many. Well, I mean in Harry Potter they would <laughs> they would literally just leave characters entirely out. So like I you have no yeah. idea what happened to like there was uh, more of that Stanley Shuntpike or whatever at the end of the movies, but. It's yeah. like you totally know what happens to him at the end of the book. So. Yeah, but uh, yeah, let me let me be clear. With Game of Thrones, there was more of that, where like this character just didn't even appear ever. Just doesn't exist. Or in the TV series, they sm basically smushed these two characters together yeah. into one. Yeah, you know, so like uh, it did it performed the same function, but it just didn't take another actor, another storyline to keep track of, kind of right, thing. Right, right. Which I totally get. Yeah. Um, especially in that sprawling of an epic story. Oh yeah. You know, um, and, and the core characters were still the same. It's not like you know. <laughs> Like Lord of the Rings, you know, there was only, you know, one dwarf or, you know, like Legolas and somebody else or the same Boromir or the same person. You know, like they didn't do that. You know, right. Like the core right. people are still the same. Right. Um, anyway, 
Uh, I want to review it sometime. It was great. I loved it. All the haters can uh, think about that for a while. Well, Chris, hmm. now that we've talked all about that, yeah, I think it's time for some news. The news. <laughs> the news. Uh, what did we say we were talking about with the news? So there was only one thing that I really like uh, had mentioned to you, uh, but then I think there was something else that you had mentioned. Hang on. Yeah, um, this is, is going to take a second because I need to look up an article. The very first thing was that we talked about last week um, how Sony and Microsoft are teaming up to uh, to create Sony's uh, streaming service to make it better, use the the Microsoft's Azure servers are being used by Sony to uh, to do their streaming service. They're up uh, improve their already existing streaming service. Um, and then th- this last week, a Bloomberg article came out. Yep, and the title is. Sony surges, meaning their stock, after announcing another record stock. No, that's not the right nope. one. That's not the right article. I've got Chris. it. You want me to? Want yeah, me to you read go it? for it. It's go called. For it. <laughs> I, this it's was called. an article that I linked to after the article. Yeah. Anyway, go ahead. It's called Sony's deal with Microsoft blindsided its own PlayStation team. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this is by Yuji Nakamura and Dina Bass. I wish I, my last name was Bass. Do like Lance Bass? Lance Lance Bass. Lance yeah. Bass from InSync. It's awesome. Um, not really. I don't really. I like my last name. Um, right is a pretty cool last name. Yeah, I, I will it's a, say it's a great last name. It's it's pretty uh, awesome. Yeah. Um, so the, I'm going to read read through this. When Sony Corp unveiled a cloud gaming pact with arch rival Microsoft Corp, it surprised the industry. Perhaps no one was more shocked than employees of Sony's PlayStation division who have spent almost two decades fighting the U.S. software giant in the $38 billion video game console market. Last week, the company's announced a strategic partnership to co-develop game streaming technology and host some of the PlayStation Online services on the Redmond-based company's Azure cloud platform. It comes after PlayStation spent seven years developing its own cloud gaming offering with limited success. Negotiations with Microsoft began last year and were handled directly by Sony's senior management in Tokyo, largely without the involvement of the PlayStation unit, according to people familiar with the matter. Staff at the gaming division were caught off guard by the news. Managers had to calm workers and assure them that plans for the company's next-generation console weren't affected, said the people, asking not to be identified, discussing private matters. That difficult moment is part of a painful lesson that Sony and many other technology companies are facing as the world's leading cloud computing providers become more powerful. If you aren't spending billions of dollars a year on data centers, servers, and network gear, you can't keep up. Faster internet speeds are starting to allow games to be played remotely without the need for a local machine. That's a threat to PlayStation, which generates a third of Sony's profits. That's crazy. That's a, th- a third yeah, of Sony's profits. They have, a film, they have a film division. They have hardware. Yep. They have TVs. Yeah. They have phone. Yeah. I think they sell phones. They I definitely sell phones. Uh, they go into more detail later in the article that we probably no, won't nice. go over okay, here, yeah. but it talks about how their phone oh, uh, go over phone it. markets are going down. Like They're, they're not selling mm. as many phones right now because phones are lasting longer. Yeah. I mean, I sell an iPhone 7. I'm telling you. <laughs> Plus, uh, Microsoft's Xbox faces a similar risk, but the software giant has the second largest cloud service, so it has a strategic answer. The other leading cloud providers, Google and Amazon.com, Inc., that's annoying. <laughs> I imagine they think the same. <laughs> are building their own cloud gaming services. Realizing that this homegrown, that his homegrown Cloud service isn't going to cut it. Sony Chief Executive Officer Kenshiro Yoshida is being forced to collaborate rather than confront his old gaming nemesis. Quote, Sony feels threatened by this trend and the mighty Google and has decided to leave its network infrastructure build up to Microsoft. 
Why would they sleep with the enemy unless they feel threatened? Said asymmetric advisors, strategist, Amir Envazardi. I would want my title to be asymmetric something. That sounds amazing. Um, Agreed. Sony jumped, so, I suppose this read Sony stock, jumped 9.9% on Friday, the most in 18 months. The company also announced a record share buyback, but analysts pointed to Yoshida's speed in responding to a shifting video game industry as a positive factor. This shows a new Sony and should be applauded by investors. SMBC Nyko Securities Incorporated analyst Raisuki Katsura wrote in a report, management is adapting rapidly to change. Shares were little changed on, in Monday trading. A Sony spokesman confirmed that talks with Microsoft began last year, but declined to provide further details. On Tuesday, executives including PlayStation head Jim Ryan, will update shareholders on the strategy, blah, 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 blah. So yeah, then it goes into like blah, a lot blah, of the blah. stock oh. stuff because that's what Sony Bloomberg began, is. Sony became the first big video game company to enter cloud gaming when it bought U.S. startup Gaikai Incorporated in 2012 for $380 million. Three years later, it lo- rolled out PlayStation Now, letting users play games hosted on servers miles from their living room. The service has since attracted 700,000 paying subscribers, but a decision to host it in-house has led to ongoing complaints about choppy connectivity. Quote, PlayStation Now has been a very limited service, end quote, said David Cole, founder and chief executive officer of DFC Intelligence. The company's other online game service and main cash cow, PlayStation Network, enables multiplayer matches of games running on PlayStation 4 consoles. For now, that is still hosted by the other giant of cloud computing, Amazon Web Services. Sony and Amazon held talks last year for a deeper collaboration on cloud gaming but couldn't agree on commercial terms, according to a person familiar with the matter. That led to Sony's discussions with Microsoft, the person said. Amazon is currently developing its own cloud gaming service, the information reported last year. The pivot toward Microsoft was preceded by several key personnel changes, blah, 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 blah. Um, the key question is who really... Uh, this is where we're getting to like analy- yeah. a- uh, analysis. Um, key question is whether who really wins from the partnership. Most analysts agree, at least in the short to medium term, it's a positive for Sony. Cloud gaming isn't ready for prime time yet. When Google unveiled Stadia in March, some users reported mixed results, including delays in registering actions and reduced graphics quality. Um, cloud gaming will account for just 2% of the industry's revenue by 2023, according to IHS Market. That's why Sony and Microsoft are moving ahead with their next-gen consoles expected next year. Um, it's fascinating. Like the uh, Obviously, Bloomberg like has a, has a stock market kind of a spin on it where they're like, oh, here, here's the information you need to know about these companies. Um and so, yeah, it's just, int- this was not, not one that has like any like element of like, oh, there's not like a bunch of drama or anything, but it is fascinating that a lot of the PlayStation team probably didn't know that it was happening. Well, and I think this, like this provides some additional context. I'm, I'm looking up one more thing. Yeah. Um, so, uh, I had heard on, I think kind of funny games daily, they were talking about Sony wanting to up its PlayStation Now subscriber base to 5 million. Interesting. People. Uh, let me see if I can find that. Um, Sony Target. Okay, so this is from Game Revolution by Robert N. Adams. The number of PlayStation Now subscribers was announced by Sony in a recent corporate strategy meeting. The game streaming service for the PlayStation ecosystem has hit 700,000 subscribers as of March 2019. What's more, Sony believes they can get 5 million people subscribed to the platform after they deploy the PS5. Interesting. 
Although the PS5 is likely to have a disk drive, a growing number of gamers are happily adapting to the digital era, blah, blah, blah. Sony believes they can grow their subscriber base by more than 600% in the coming years with the next generation console. Um, only a bit over 70% of PS4 install base can access the PlayStation Now service, a fact that leaves quite a few consumers out in the cold um, based on, it uh, looks like, uh, what region they're in. Hmm. Um, they believe they Sony believes they can bring five million people to the platform through that throughout the next generation. A slide in their corporate presentation makes note of quote portable client devices contributing to this growth, hinting that Sony may be bringing PlayStation Now to phones. Of course, this is going to also be interpreted to mean that they'll be launching another handheld or possibly partnering with so- Nintendo in some fashion. I doubt either one of those are true. Um, mm-hmm. Game streaming services have been attempted several times in the past. Uh, so somewhere, like somewhere, what I, I thought that they had said was that they were going to invest in into trying to get to five million subscribers. They were going to invest in their own um, servers and their their ever, like all, basically their own infrastructure. But in the m- midterm, they needed to rely on Microsoft for that expansion. Mm. So I don't know that this is necessarily like a long-term deal Yeah. based on that information. It sounds yeah. like they're like, well, crap, we're behind. Yeah. From like where Microsoft is saying they are. And Google. And Google, yeah. Um, Amazon's not going to play ball because they're trying to do their own cloud gaming thing whenever right. that's going to release. Right. Uh, we need to grow, but we can't do it on our own fast. Mm-hmm. Let's go to Microsoft, use their infrastructure yeah. while we beef ours up. Right. So I mean, but and and honestly, at the end of the day, I think it's funny. Like, you're either paying for your own infrastructure, or you're paying someone else for theirs. Right. And sometimes, I don't. I don't know if like in this situation it would be, but sometimes it's cheaper to pay someone else to do it because the, you know with scale, yeah, you can lower prices. Yeah, a proprietary technology. A lot of times, like you look at uh, Sony loves proprietary technology. Don't get me wrong. They definitely look at their, do. Look at their memory cards. You know, like for for their for cameras, the for their uh, game consoles, yeah. for like everything. You know, and they're just astronomically expensive because you have to manufacture such a small quantity of them that it is ineffective to manufacture them at a low price. You right. lose money on them. It's the same thing with your own infrastructure. Like if you are you are the only person using your infrastructure, then you're going to pay more for that. Yeah. It's going to cost more to run that than it would be to basically go in with a bunch of people on someone else's right. infrastructure. Right. Well and then you think about like Microsoft. They're a a we talk about Sony being a broad company where they make movies and they make television and you know TVs, not television, but TVs. Mm-hmm. Um, Microsoft is a, an even you know more broad technology in a different way because they do do you know Windows. They I mean, they're primarily software. Well, yeah, Microsoft is primarily software. But then they have the, the servers. Like they're a technology totally, company. Yes, like they're yes, a wholly, they completely technology based. And there's company. no movie side, right? Like, and then the gaming side was kind of like whenever it popped up, like back with the original Xbox, it was kind of like a, the anomaly there. Yeah, where it was like, oh well, of, I guess of course because you you know you do the software for the PC. Like why wouldn't you make your own box and then yeah. put the software there? And so, but. Th- the technology branch that they're using, like, oh, the Azure servers, like that's a 
that's just completely removed from the Xbox side. Mm-hmm. The Xbox uses those servers, right? But there, it's completely removed. So, like, I don't know. It's it's really interesting to see them pay. Oh, we're partnering with our competition, quote unquote. But really, are they're they're not necessarily really like they're partnering yeah, with the, the fact, technology company. Yeah, other than the fact that Microsoft and Sony names are slapped on the sides of these, right. like. They're, it's not like you know they're two different business divisions yeah they're not like incorporating xbox live into right that would be partnering with your competition right you know um and you know I, i'm sure like phil spencer would probably be like hey let's get some uh let's get some uh, oh, totally. some stuff over on your system you know yeah. well um, and, that, and that's like uh, and that's where like you know i don't i don't think that and maybe sony's realizing this mm-hmm. i don't think that microsoft necessarily believes that Sony is their competition anymore. I don't think so, yeah. I think that more than anything, they would see like Google Stadia uh-huh. as competition 100%. or whatever Amazon comes out with. 100%. Um, because what they're trying to do, and we've talked about this for years now, what they're trying to do is build a platform and a service. Like it's kind of like, it's you think about it, it's kind of like Windows for games. Like yeah. it's like, you know, the, like the mandate for whenever... Um, Windows was out. Like Bill Gates was like, I want this to be on every single computer. Mm-hmm. This like we are. I don't care what the hardware is. I want this. I want Windows on it. Yeah, it needs to work. <laughs> yes. Um, and that's basically what they're they're moving into with the games. They're like, we don't care what you play on. I don't care mm-hmm. what platform you're on. We will be there, and we want to provide those games to you. Yeah. Um, which is different than what Sony's strategy is, even for like. PS5, like the next generation, quote unquote, Sony's whole strategy is going to, or up until this point, has pointed at this is a new console generation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not a, hey, we're developing a service, a generationless future, which is what yeah. Microsoft, and maybe Sony will pivot. Maybe in the, in, in the, har- the piece of hardware that comes out will just be like, this is the way to get there. We'll see. I mean, they've said that backwards compatibility is, is happening um, with the next one. So it's like, that's at least a small step in the right yeah. direction. I mean, you I, know? I think that, you know, you, you, I don't think that, um, I've heard some people say like, you know, they think that maybe Microsoft will, won't even make, make consoles in the future. I don't think that's ever going to be the no, case. No, they'll make consoles. Because like, you look at, while they don't make the majority of PCs, they still make um, Windows, or sorry, Microsoft tablets, um, yep. The Surface, Surface Pro. Yeah, those are huge. Um, yeah, they're huge. I mean, we use them at work all the time. Yeah, and, and they're awesome. They're they're great, and and, that, and that's the thing. Like they are built, and they the reason you buy them is because like well, they are built for yeah. this. They're a specific. You know? they, they are for a specific purpose. Specific, very specific purpose. And the same as like their Azure servers. Like they, their hardware is built for a specific purpose. The Azure servers they are built for low latency streaming. Like yep. let's just use servers. Data storage. That, yeah, like I mean, that transfers data very quickly. You know. Yeah. And so, um, I don't know. Like, I just think that I don't necessarily think this is a competitor partnering with a competitor. It's yeah. more of a, I don't think Microsoft thinks they're competitors. And um, Sony needs a service that Microsoft provides yeah. in order to, uh, in the, the midterm, um, launch what consumers will expect from them. Right. Because I don't think that, if unless, except for the fact that it's hot right now. And everyone else is talking about it. Mm-hmm. I don't think Sony would be diving into this market. I think they tried it with PlayStation Now. Yeah. And the reason PlayStation Now hasn't evolved over the past, what, five years is because they didn't see enough necessarily, like, they didn't necessarily see enough interest in it. Yeah. 
and until we saw things like Game Pass kind of taking off, they're like, oh, well, what if we just tweak it a little up? Yeah, can download we provide games. downloads? And then, like, lots of people, like, got on board more. Like, mm-hmm. more people got on board. Yep. And then now you see people being like, okay, well, streaming, game streaming is actually a thing. They're like, wait a second. Huh? Right. Well, <laughs> what are we doing? Like they look at their like I think they that, look at their calendar. What year is it? Well, Sony's Sony's almost like in terms of at least mobile, they're almost like and TVs. They're they're more better positioned to um, integrate a streaming service into those devices mm-hmm. than Microsoft is. Yeah, because it'll have to be like this third party app that you install onto, mm-hmm. or it comes installed on a TV or or a phone. Yeah. But, like Sony can like make that a proprietary app that's already there whenever you purchase that hardware. Yeah, you purchase the the TV, the the thousand dollar, two thousand dollar TV. It comes with a, yeah. a DualShock, you know, controller. Yeah. It's like, yeah. why not? I mean, dude, I could see that totally. Why happening. not? Yeah, you why, know? I mean, if there's if the streaming works the way like everyone dreams it will, and yeah. there's not, I mean, why wouldn't you get a DualShock with every Sony phone you buy? That's you know. True. Um, yeah. Get one that clips the phone into there and it's like, oh man, this is great. Totally. It's just like here's the here's your gaming phone. Yeah, as much as you, you spend know? on TVs and phones, like a dual shock costs very little yeah. <laughs> comparatively to those things. So yeah. It's interesting, man. It's a weird one. And uh I mean that's that's the the future. It's just it, it was surprising to me to see the headline of like, hey, PlayStation didn't know this was happening. And it's like, well, <laughs> but I don't know that they needed to, you know, at yeah. this point. So and I obviously like stockholders are 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 gonna want to know that stuff and so that's why bloomberg writes up an article about it right you know it is what it is so there's a there's a brand new terminator trailer for terminator dark fate nice i Uh, have watched it yes um it it looks cool there are no random y's in the name that's why it's harder to remember oh yeah yeah. it's It's way harder to remember because there's no y's you know there's something wrong with your franchise when the first thing I see, I think, whenever I see the trailer for it is, I wonder where this falls in the timeline. And That's true. if this is actually an alternate timeline or if this is real or is it invalidating other things or I don't know. Just too, mu- too much time travel in these movies. Um, it's the entire conceit of Terminator. <laughs> I know. It's, and it's, it's convoluted. And that first one, it, the entire, like, the twist... Uh, yeah the twist is like super uh time like we're like okay. wait a second how would you what mm, I, 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 can i spoil terminator yes okay spoilers for terminator whenever john connor sends his dad back in the past oh, to yeah. go and like be his dad right. you know it's like oh if i don't send him right i won't exist yeah if I do send him, he's gonna die. Right. It's like this whole the whole idea of Terminator is 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 based on ridiculous time travel questions. Yeah. And so of course, like you have a ridiculous time travel question yeah. whenever you watch this trailer. <laughs> um, I like the fact that I see Arnold here. That's right. I hope it's more than just a cameo. Agreed. Um, I like the fact that uh, Sarah Connor, mm-hmm. it, old Sarah Connor. Yeah. Um, like I like that idea. Mm-hmm. Um. I feel like that conflicts possibly with the Sarah Connor story we heard about in Genesis, right? Oh, I don't remember. Maybe, and also maybe somewhat the Sarah Connor Chronicles. I don't know. Oh, really? I don't know. Like, there's Who there's knows, so man. many okay. things going on with this franchise. Um, but I mean, it looks like it's uh, you know, it's another. It, it can't be worse than Genesis. That's hopefully. right. That's right. Well, I also it also makes me feel a little bit better because like they were they made a big deal on the trailer to be like the return of producer james cameron yeah you know yeah 
Sure. So, so like, you know, as much as you can do from a pr- producer, <laughs> producer, which sometimes can be a lot. Yeah, totally. But, uh, but yeah, like it's that idea of like, oh, we're, we're, it's it, the return to something. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm excited to see what it turns out to be. Like, I'll yeah. watch this movie. Uh, we will review it. Um, uh, was it the director of uh, Deadpool or whatever? Yeah. Yeah. And I like, so, I like, you know, action. You yeah. Know? Action. I'm in, hopefully I'm in. it's, hopefully it's R rated. Yeah. Uh, was Genesis PG thirteen? Mm, that's a good question. I, feel like I think it, I feel like it, it may have been. I'm fr- I feel like the last couple are like yeah. are PG thirteen. So, so yeah, it's, uh, the one with Christian Bale was good. Tell you what, yeah, uh, what was that one called? Uh, I don't remember. Terminator <laughs> Salvation. That's right. Mm-hmm. It was good. Directed by Mick G. It was really good. It was good. I liked it a lot. I liked it a lot. Yep. Uh, we, there's also a new trailer for Once Upon a Time, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah, which uh, which is you're like super amped about. Oh this my movie. gosh, I cannot wait. Quentin Tarantino, I can't talk right now, John. That's okay. Quentin Tarantino's movie, next yeah. movie coming out. Um, there weren't spoilers necessarily, but like uh, you kind of see the connection. Like this is yeah. he's telling the story of like of Charles Manson and the Sharon Tate murder and all that kind of stuff, and so he's like. You but up until this point, it's, it hasn't had any of that in it. No, I also think like it's funny. You know, you see this is about some Hollywood movie stars, and you see like uh, so Leo up in this balcony burning a bunch of Nazis, mm-hmm. and it, it's very similar to what happens in Inglorious Bastards. That's right, and it makes me feel like so. That there's always been this kind of like level of okay. Uh, have we talked about this on the show? Where there's this Tarantino verse, yeah, and how. Some of his movies are actual things that happen in this universe. Yeah. It's like hyper uh, violent um, kind of version of our world. Right. It's the and one then, that Kill Bill is in. Well, and then, no, no, no. No. Then there's movies oh, that's right. within that's right. that universe. You're right. You're right. Yep. So, like, things like Kill Bill it's been a long time. are the movies within the Tarantino verse. Right. And I think um, the one that he wrote but didn't direct uh, was it, is it True Lies? Sounds right. Um, that's a movie within this right. universe, yeah. And it it seems like he's kind of alluding to that happening with um, Leo in a movie <laughs> portraying something that happened in the real Tarantino verse in mm-hmm. one of our movies. Yeah, I don't know. It's just like this like weird yeah Tarantinoception. Well, and then like all of the movies stand alone, but like they connect in these other ways, yeah. like where you're like, wait a second, this is within that thing, this is within that thing, and then there's just posters for this thing. Yeah. And it's like what? I know. I, I just I, I love everything he does, man. It's so good. Like, so good. I uh in this one, like it like you said, it was interesting to see those connections because again, like I hadn't like there's there was no part I was like, I don't know how this connects in, yeah. for in the teaser or whatever. And then in this trailer, you're like, okay, now I get, I understand what, what your connection what is, doing. how you're doing, you know, yeah. you're approaching this. And it's a fascinating way to approach, uh, to totally. approach it. Um, I, uh, I want to, and haven't read the, there's a uh, piece in Esquire magazine. Um, again, not on newsstands, uh, but it's out on uh, and online. What is up with that? I don't know. What's up with like physical <laughs> magazines being like we're gonna spoil all of the things that are inside of the I actual magazine in the online magazine weeks they, before? It, I don't know if you they can think buy it. That will read it or pick it up. Be more apt to pick it up. I don't know. Uh, anyway, um, that would be like that would be like a uh, a musical act. Mm-hmm. 
releasing all their songs online before trying to sell you their CD. That's right. Well, or it would be like a uh, someone releasing something to Netflix before that they actually put it in the theaters. Not even Netflix. Netflix is, isn't or free. to YouTube. Yeah. Before they put it into the theaters. So weird, bro. But if you watch more than one, you have to subscribe That'd to our like online thing. George R. R. Martin putting his whole manuscript up on some Medium blog before yeah. and then I, asking you to buy his book. I really do think it's got to be because they see uh, some sort of return on the like they don't see very much. Uh, it's got to be ad loss of sales, online, right? Yeah, yeah. But they don't see loss of sales of the physical copy if they do it beforehand. But then they see ad revenue, so you can make like, yeah. oh, the exclusive makes way more ad revenue, right? And we don't lose that many subscribers, so it's like it's got to well, make sense say, somehow. I guarantee they don't lo- they don't lose subscribers. Like I-, I wonder how much how much of a magazine sales are subscribers in the first place. It's true. And then how many, like, the you know, probably they still get a bump from people picking them up, you know, in airports or whatever. I love, I love magazines. Yeah. I, like, intentionally stay away from magazine aisles, and I don't go to the bookstore and look at them because I will literally buy every single magazine <laughs> on the shelf. I just, like, I love that. I love, it's like a, it's short form enough, but still, like, well written. Yeah. Um, it's, it's not, you know, blog, like, terrible grammar kind of stuff. It's not... Um, uh, newspaper, right? Like super short, like they have time to dive into things and be uh, and be like artistic about the way you phrase. Right, things. they can be super niche. You know, yeah. I love like picking up like, hey, here's a dirt bike magazine. Here's you know like, and it's it's uh it's um a. Le- uh, landscape instead of portrait and right. you know all these things well and then they also like have like heavy card stock amazing you know? photos and, totally. and like because again like you know the dirt bike magazine they got the dirt bike photographers yeah. you know it's like and, these and are, are photographers they, that they, know how to like capture the dirt bikes. are they selling their stuff you know to uh some blog somewhere no they're putting it in the dirt bike magazine right right um so I don't, anyway i love magazines um i it would i would it'd be fascinating to know like just like sale like how much does an event kind of magazine release like this yeah bump up retail sales yeah because it, it wouldn't bump up subscribe no one's going to subscribe right that. right i'm not be like man you know what they had an exclusive of once upon a time in hollywood yeah i'm going to subscribe to that magazine now no well and you figure like if it's if it's something like okay so once upon a time in hollywood that one's a little bit different than the star wars one that we're gonna you know dive i wouldn't subscribe to vanity fair over star wars no, because that's not the normal like content in Vanity. Fair. But I'm thinking like Star Wars <laughs> fans are gonna buy like Star Wars fans who were going to buy the Vanity Fair magazine are going to buy it regardless, regardless of whether they've read the magazine article beforehand or yeah, not. True. Like the vast majority, of it, like a small percentage, are gonna read it and go, "Yeah, you know what? I don't need to read it. I've got the digital version right here." Yeah. But a like the people who were gonna buy it are probably gonna buy it. But then they also get to make ad revenue. More ad revenue than they would make if they released it at the same time as or after the magazine was out because they could be like, This is an exclusive. This is the only place anybody's ever going to be able to read this until our magazine comes out. That's true. And so for that short period of time, they can sell like higher priced ads and stuff. So yeah, I mean, it's it's an interesting Maybe it's actually a genius move. I mean, maybe we should be doing this with the podcast. Probably is. Uh, (laughs) Releasing it in print form. It's already free. Digital before. I know, right? Before it goes, that's what we've been doing all these years. Yeah, is we've been doing the podcast, and it's going to become a pay for audiobook. Yeah. Once, hey, listen, once <laughs> we once we hit um, episode six hundred, all these are going away. So you better, uh, yeah, and you have to buy it as as one, yeah, like thousand hour. <laughs> Actually, um, I need to check our our uh, our 
website. Yeah. Because uh, I, some of our early episodes have started disappearing off of Oh, our no. RSS is episode feed. one gone? Well, yeah. So, like, episode like, one through six are gone. Oh, or something boy. Like like, they're still there yeah. uh, if you go to the RSS feed, but they like it's just not showing up or whatever. Right. So like there's some kind of setting somewhere that I have turned on that only allows probably 300-something like episodes to show at once. Oh, uh, good old – like, I mean, I also feel like it's an Apple thing where they're like, oh, we don't want to – I'm looking on Overcast. I hate Apple. <laughs> not not the company, but the, the Apple Podcast app. It's, it's literally the worst. They the last time they changed it, it got worse. Like, um, do you do you use Overcast? Uh, no, I actually use uh, no. the Apple Podcast app. But but you know, I have, have I don't I, have to like it. Have I talked to you about it before? <laughs> yes, I've I actually had have I told you about our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. <laughs> I actually downloaded Overcast it, app. but then deleted it recently because uh, I wasn't using it because I would just use the, I would just opt to I like love, do I love like being able to like find a podcast while I'm running at night and not blind myself well, in the I, app. Yeah, and I also like the fact that like turned on you can you can listen to all the podcasts like in a row like uh whereas yeah. like on the it's it's hard to playlist, set that up playlist yeah. you know I, yeah. actually this and this is another side note and then we'll be done with the news but i wish every app had a dark mode so like, oh agreed you know i have like dark, an, mode like on Twitter, night mode? dark mode on overcast dark mode on my weather app dark mode on my news app yeah like uh i use like the not fully black but i use the sepia tone on uh kindle app nice i always like even it's Years ago, I started. I don't have my ringer on my phone, mm. like where it's like, okay, you know, it's just it's little things. Like, there's, an, there's not going to be an abrasive, like, Bwah! you know, like yeah. in my day. Um, and so it's like, oh, that's great. But I also have been tending to leave on the like night mode on my screen just in general. Cause like whenever I'm like in dark rooms or whatever, like I find myself where I'm like, oh, why do I still have my, uh, my, what's it called, the night shift? On, oh, you, on don't, my phone. you don't have it do automatically? I do have it do automatically, but inevitably, like in the mornings, I'll be like, oh, no, it's too bright. And I'll like, you know, change it. And then later on in the day, I'll be like, oh, I still have night mode on. I don't know. Interesting, man. You, you know, you can set the level of night modeness. Yes. And I have it set like, you know, relatively like low or whatever. But anyway. Hmm. It's a weird one. <laughs> it's just one I've noticed more frequently where I've been like, man, why is my night mode still I've on? Literally never had that problem. My night shift is still on. But I wish if every app had a yeah something like that like a a night mode or like a a like dark some sort mode. of like yeah dark mode like where yeah. it's like oh let's just let's make everything but like not try to like be a flashlight as well. Oh, and that's why I, I love every Adobe app right now. I mean, and now has a you can go all the way light if you want yeah. to, but it has a super super dark mode. Like yeah. you, it's a slider. Well, even like my wallpapers, like I set my wall. They're very like they're they're like not yeah. bright. They're not blue necessarily a lot of times. Basically, we're proving so, that we're vampires. I mean, 100%, Chris. <laughs> All right. You know, I woke up the other day, looked in the mirror, couldn't see myself. That's the news. All right. So, Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker. The Rise of Skywalker. The Vanity Fair in- interview yeah, article. There's a lot of interviews in there. Yeah. A lot of things were said. A lot of things were not said. So uh, first, I want to kind of give the history of this. So uh, a similar kind of article um, debuted for The Force Awakens. Mm -hmm. I don't remember if something happened in Vanity Fair for Rise of... Wait, uh, sorry, The Last Jedi. I don't remember one, though. I'm going to look. Okay. Um, So basically, like... I would say, you know, go to vanityfair.com. You can you can read the cover story. It's uh it's well written um by Lev Grossman. You also have photography by Annie Leibovitz, who Whoop. also did the um photography for the uh 
2000 and what is that 15 mm-hmm. force awakens article and it was uh I, I, the photography is like fantastic oh yeah oh my gosh we'll talk about that in a second because yeah, i yeah. want to talk through some of the like things uh, like you, i mean you low-key learn a lot of new things about um the new movie in here yeah um they're not like listed out like here's all the like, you know it's, <laughs> it's not it's actually, like this, yeah it's not broken up like a, by a news organization <laughs> right. of some sort you know it's like it's actually like well written and yeah. into you know like uh, the way you would expect things to be, not like here's all the 20 new things we learned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you I mean, know? and then you know all the typos that would ensue if you broke them out that way. You know, obviously, this is I, mean, I, I, I didn't know. encounter any typos. I don't, I, don't know, I don't know why you expect typos. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> the, the amount of uh, articles where the weird wording, where you're like, this is a run-on sentence, um, that sort so, of thing. Uh, so I wanted to walk through real quick um, the article, and then we can talk about. Yeah. Some of the uh, the the photos. So basically, like um, it kind of starts out, talks about like where we're uh, where we're at in in the real world with Star Wars, mm-hmm. um, and uh, then goes through a history of Star Wars, where it came from. Um, tries to draw some parallels and some lines between um, what came before and what uh, this current trilogy is. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think like it does make a good point that you know. JJ is is trying to tie all this together. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll see, you know how how well that works, how yeah. well it happens. Uh, I think, um, and then it goes basically goes ends there, like it's you know extended like period of time discussing that. Um, yeah, some of the the interesting things that we learn here, um, I think right off the bat. So the shot in the beginning of the trailer. That we see. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is this is the photo at the beginning of the very top of the article. We learn that that is the setting. Uh, so number one, it's the it's Jordan's Wadi Rum Desert. It's the setting for the planet Pasana. So not Tatooine, not, not tat- any of the other desert, not Jakku. We've seen before. Yeah, brand new. We didn't go back to Jakku. Finn will be happy about that. Yes, very happy. <laughs> um, and they make a big deal, and I'm glad, you know, like, yeah. hey, we're 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 shooting in real environments, mm-hmm. which is awesome, you know, like just always. Um, I think it was Oscar Isaac or uh, in there who who mentioned he's like his first day on set. He like he walked in as there's a green screen out in the middle of the desert. Yeah, and he, and, and he like looked at JJ and was like, JJ, can I ask you a question? Yeah. <laughs> and JJ's like, Why are we sh- we're shooting out in the middle of the desert on a green screen? And he's like, Yeah. And it's because, oh, you see, that's the sand and the, the way the light reflects off of it. He's like, he's like, no digital designer would ever think to make it do that. Yeah. Um, so, so that's fascinating. We also see, like, in the cover shots, you have both yeah. Kylo Ren and Ray in what looks like they're the same location. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would assume that they're both there. We knew that Ray was there. We didn't know that Kylo was necessarily there. Yeah, it's fascinating to see a lot of the behind the scenes stuff in because it's all in that one location, right? Yeah. And so, but the, the, the characters that are on that planet, like, because yeah. uh, they, they've talked about in uh, on Star Wars Celebration, I think they mentioned that it's, oh, we're going to, you know, jump planets a few times. Yeah. But, like, in this article, obviously, it was just that planet. And the characters that you see on that planet in these photos, I'm like, okay, that's that's kind of cool. Like, yeah. with him, and then um, later on, like, the Knights of Ren. Well, okay, all right, well, you're jumping nope, ahead of nope, me now. Nope, nope, okay, nope. so the next, the next thing we learned, this is a, a shot of J.J. talking to a bunch of men in... Uh, or people in outfits, they are the very, like, clearly it, it says J.J. Abrams directs the Knights of Ren. That's right. <laughs> Elite force, fearsome enforcers of Kylo Ren's dark will. <laughs> I mean. All right. Cool. 
they're enforcers of they're, his dark and like, they're there we had talked about how maybe like oh did he did he he kill them all like this is all there all been these theories about the knights of ren and it looks like we're clearly going to address well, some of them here's the thing how were they i don't remember how they were referenced in in the force awakens um so they were referenced whenever uh he, i think it was uh what's his face snoke i almost said Palpatine, which okay <laughs> you know right um, but uh whenever snoke like talked to him or something like that the first time he addressed him as like the leader of the Knights of Ren or something like that. Like, really? he, you know, I think I'm pretty sure. And is that it? I'm pretty sure that was it. And then we saw the one screenshot of them, like whenever uh, Ray touched the lightsaber. Um, and that was whenever we saw him standing in the rain while like around, there were a bunch of bodies around uh, Kylo and then the Knights of Ren behind him. Yes. Okay, cool. Well, and we always wondered like, did, was, were the Knights of Ren, were they Kylo's? Like, were they, um, were they Kylo's like army, or right. was it the other way around? Well, was he we a also, part of the Knights of Ren? Yeah, is he like was he uh, you know the leader of it, or is he just a you know I mean yeah. like did he become the leader Which over it time? Like he, it sounds like he's the leader, or did he literally like you know go hey guys we should just become the Knights of Ren because yeah. I think that's a cool name you know or whatever because yeah like that's it's interesting. So we also see, and I would assume it's in the same planet, um, but we see like the behind the scenes of that chase that we see in the trailer. Um, and then, uh, we see C-3PO there in the same kind of desert location. Yeah. Which um, they make, they make the call out that, uh, that C-3PO, like the, uh, the only, uh, actor who's been in every single movie, yeah, um, which is, which is which so is awesome. Um, there's one, one more thing in this location that I wanted to find. All right. Here. I have the actual quote, uh, if you, if you want the actual yeah. Knights of Ren quote. Yeah. Um, so it was, uh, even you, master of the Knights of Ren, have never faced such a test. Master of the Knights of Ren. Master of the um, Knights of Ren. We have a new, like, uh, Potentially alien, creator, too. I don't know. Alien. <laughs> he just created the Knights of Ren? Alien race or group. The yep. Aki Aki for uh, Pasana. Um, who knows if that's even how you pronounce it. Probably um, not. My money's on not. I, I I will bet you five dollars. Ooh, ooh, that, that's how you pronounce it. Yeah, I don't know how else Pasana, you, would, you know? I don't know how else you would pronounce it. <laughs> I don't know either. Um, okay, I thought there was one more photo in this location. Is there not? Mm, no, I don't Doesn't remember. Look like All right, cool. Um, so that's that location. We now we also have. Uh, a new character. That's right. Um, played by Carrie Russell. Mm -hmm. Is a masked scoundrel named Zori Bliss. Seen in the thieves' quarter of the snow-dusted world. Kijimi. That's probably not pronounced like that either. Um, she looks cool. Yeah. She looks like the... Uh, I forget what, what were they called in Solo. Um, the The people chasing them. Um, at the, you know at, uh, at the train and then they show up at the end where they just the like people that look like the destiny characters yeah that's what she looks like yeah yeah, yeah. Um, what were they who were, who were they I'm trying to remember what their name was um I'm gonna find out real quick all right all right we should have done some research before we started yeah, yeah. this before before I start <laughs> trying to name obscure alien characters <laughs> right. in uh or or obscure like <laughs> and like in this shot you can kind of see you know like in the article JJ references. The fact that he like okay, well, in the Force Awakens, I was trying to do what I thought the next Star Wars movie should be. In this, I just did what I felt like was right, and so you know he played with lighting, it says, and shots, and so like uh, it'll be interesting to see visually 
how this feels. This looks real cool, though. It does. Like, it really does. And the, that I mean, the visuals in Solo, say, you know, I actually I love Solo. I like it a lot. I think it's a great mm-hmm. movie. But like the visuals in Solo are so cool and so different. Agreed. Um, and I, it's kind of kind of neat to see the Cloud Riders was the name of the uh, Cloud the group. Riders. Yeah, it was awesome. Um, so that that's that. Okay, so that's that, that planet. So Man, if people th- haven't seen our... Solo, watch Solo because like I'm, I'm yeah. looking at this character and I remembered like a piece of the story there with this with the 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 Cloud Riders or whatever that you you encounter. That's our Super second. Cool. Um, that's our second planet mm-hmm. we also have another one in another picture okay so this is a picture of finn and new ally Jana, mm-hmm. naomi aki atop hardy orbacks which yep. look like horses yeah weren't they the uh, they're not the same creatures from uh last jedi right no no okay uh they lead the charge against the mechanized forces of the first order which uh, is super kind of cool like throwback to uh to like you know Mechanize like the uh, the the droid army back in. That's what I, so I was about to say. Like either, well, there's two different things. It's either because you know technically tanks are mechanized. That's true. So yeah, like, you're right. This you're could right. be more like the ATAT walkers or ST ATSTs yeah. or something like that. Um, you're probably right. Or a tank kind of thing. Or mm-hmm. yes, a droid army, which would be wild. It'd be really cool. I would actually like that. I mean, honestly, like how do you tie that that back in? Or how do you tie this to Clone Wars or something like that? Or yeah. Back of the Clones without having some clones show up. What if there are like long dormant clones that show oh, up? Oh man, dude. Or well, I mean, we, or, uh, or the droid army. We still don't know how Palpatine shows up, so potentially clone. <laughs> yeah, I thought that it said the the planet that they were on. Uh, anyway, this looks it different. looks vastly. This different, looks though. possibly like indoor because it kind of looks like the same kind of grassy background and cloudy sky that you see mm-hmm. in the the shot where uh, in the trailer where they uh are, they walk up to to the remains of the death star um which we are still just assuming is indoor right um so right. that there's also okay so like there are 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 two more photos in here that have the same kind of color palette and this is completely different than the rest of them um so you have this this picture of Kylo Ren and Rey fighting in the rain. Yeah. And it says uh, Kylo Ren and Rey battle it out with lightsabers in a stormy confrontation. There's force connection, what Driver calls their maybe bond, will turn out to, <laughs> such a descriptive phrase, will turn out to run even deeper than previously revealed. So you have that. That looks, you know, very like bluish, rainy yeah. kind of thing. And then you well, have this, and it looks very like. I mean, to me, like I was like, man, is that actually like? Is that actually a physical place? Is that actually happening? You know, because like they they interacted a little bit, um, like is it, with their mind projection thing, and the fact that they brought that up at that point in the caption is like, okay, well, is one of them in this location, and the other one just shows up via their mind connection, or what? I mean, I think you they've know? got to they've got to fight again. I mean, they definitely have to fight again, but is that where it takes place? The I, final I would assume. I'm mean, maybe not the final one, but something does. Yeah, something happens. Um, also, this shot of Mark Hamill and R2 D2. Yeah, I thought that was cool. He does not look fire. force ghosty. He doesn't look force ghosty. No. There's fire. So something's burning. Mm-hmm. This could be a flashback. Could or... be a flashback. We've only had flashbacks the one time, really, yeah. in uh, which was the Force Awakens when she touches the lightsaber. But who's to say that it's not the same same sort of situation, right? Um, because again, like you kind of 
they allude to in the article, you know, the the Kylo Ren's kind of past and like, oh, we don't know a whole lot about how he started the Knights of Ren. This could be something from that era. Right. Um, some sort of a scene from that era. Uh, we also have uh, Lando. We see Lando Calrissian inside the Millennium Falcon. Um, Very cool. It'll be interesting to see, I think, how they use him. And, and uh, I think it was really interesting to hear J.J. talking about how they used um, – uh, Carrie Fisher mm. and uh, Princess Leia's character. Yeah. Like they, it'll be interesting to see what footage that they got. So basically they grabbed footage from, uh, that they had shot for the other movies. Mm-hmm. And then he wrote the script around those, those scenes to, to include them in this narrative, which is wild. Mm-hmm. Um, it's fascinating. Like it's a really unique way to do it. Yeah. Well, um, and to like, I mean, you think about like other other times that he's maybe done something similar, like whenever uh, we had Obi-Wan Kenobi's voice in whenever she touches the lightsaber ray and, and, I mean, that's and just, Force Awakens. So it like, literally just pulls out one word from that and then they had, you know, so it's really... Uh, yeah, the, yeah, that's not like scenes where people are acting no, with him, you know, like I think this is completely different. Also, it'll be interesting to see, like, like we know, for instance, there were scenes with um, Princess Leia and her aid and that's like the aid you see on the yeah. balcony uh, in, in the force awakens whenever the the planets get destroyed by star killer mm-hmm. base so like it'll be interesting to see like i mean we know that that footage ex- exists somewhere yep is there a ton more beyond that yeah like that's the big question yeah it's like how much are we talking about here yeah. you know how much you know both you know video audio whatever are we talking about um with carrie fisher i mean and then that's I don't know. Like it's, it, he talks about it being a very like left brain, right brain kind of a thing. Like where it's like, okay, well, I I want it to to artistically do this, but how do we make that lot like physically actually work? And so, so it's man, that's that's quite the task, is yeah. what I'm I'm gonna say. The last I'm photo we haven't talked about is this one with General Hux and this new character. I'm trying to find that now too. Uh, the other cool thing about the like um, Finn and Jana, Jana has some kind of like bow and arrow crossbow kind of yeah. well, not even a crossbow it's just like a bow and arrow kind of like hunger game style thing yeah freaking cool man the the um the the new characters in like that they've revealed like the, the style like the way they look is just so cool yeah the way they look is really cool um okay so this is on the bridge of kylo ren's destroyers first order leaders general hux and allegiance general pride on the bridge hmm. um so we'll see. I mean, this is another first order guy. He looks. Uh, he looks real evil. I mean, this shot very looks real, This bridge looks amazing. They're, they're very, very serious. I also love that the uh, rather than having the kind of the straight zip up the middle uh, kind of a suit thing, he's got like a flap. Well, <laughs> oh, yeah. If you zoom it's in, it's got like a uh, it's like almost a, a double it's breasted. Like a, it's thing. like a robe. It's like a. He's got like a. Uh, it's like he. So it's like it's kept together with his belt down yeah. there. Yeah, I mean, it, obviously, just like everything, like the uh, the stylings of the the Empire and now the First Order, like it's just so much like re- resemble the like um, World War Two and like that that one like it's, you're just like man, this is such a evil looking like I mean, pair here. Mm, it's just they're all buttoned up and I don't know if I'd go specifically World War Two like that that, that I mean that style isn't anything that you would have seen then like the outfits are just very militaristic in general yeah yeah um 
just fascinating. They look more, they, I mean, honestly, they look more like um, old feudal kind of outfits than anything. Mm, yeah, like, I guess, like yeah, feudal with, the, Japan with that or kind something. of like ro- robe look to it. You're yeah. right. Like it has that kind of a swoop thing to like, it. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um, the, uh, so those are the, those are the photos and I'm going to like switch over to this other articles. If you go to Vanity Fair, they try to like really get you into their uh, subscriber base they switch everything around. I'm just seeing if well, yeah, because like you only get four articles yeah, um, you before know. you subscribe, and so they they've they've divvied this all up into obviously way more than four articles. Okay, I'm looking at if there's a couple more. Photo- oh, here's a that's just him behind the camera. All right, um, that's it. Those are all the photos. All the photos. Okay, so John. Yeah. We know about some new characters. That's um, right. It talked about how uh, I don't know. Like, what new? Was there anything in here that like really keyed you off into like? Well, now we could be looking at this kind of story. No, and I definitely like. I mean, all of that's on purpose. Oh, I mean, totally. Quite literally, in the article, like one of the new characters, like they have a quote from the uh, the actor, and, and she's like they mentioned that she wasn't allowed to say anything about her new character. Yeah. Like other than the name. And it's like, oh man, that's, you know, C3PO talks about a, something. Uh, a line. Anthony Daniels talks about a line that that's he right. couldn't remember. And it's common emblem. Yep. Whatever that means. And it was the first, it was his first line, the first words out of his mouth, like whenever they were shooting or whatever, he just couldn't, couldn't get Which it that together. That doesn't even make sense. No, it doesn't. I mean, you figure maybe, maybe like you're, uh, Oh, it's a common emblem or something like that. Like, oh, you're looking at something and you're like, oh, it could be the could be the first order. Oh, it's a common emblem, blah, blah, blah. I don't know. It's just like in, it, the, the fact that like they do this whole article and tell you a lot of information that you already knew right. and present you with very intriguing visuals and very intriguing quotes about yeah. like, we're trying to do X, Y, Z. Like it's a very well-written article with very few new details in well, it. Well, and this is revealing, actually revealing more than... Uh, than the article for Force Awakens did hmm. that had like no mm-hmm. information. Yeah, uh, and it, and literally like basically talked about like the journey to getting this started in like a new movie. Right. Um, whereas this one, like we we hear about two new characters specifically, two new planets. Yeah. A new alien race. That's right. And um, we see uh now we know that there is some kind of rain lightsaber battle which mm-hmm. sounds awesome it does sound awesome um and then oh no three new characters because of the new uh the new first order guy that's right that's right the knights of ren are mm-hmm. real and they're back and they are actually in this movie yeah they they exist that I, I just wonder where the heck they've been that for, wasn't like, the previous two movies i know man I like why weren't they helping <laughs> kylo out he could have used well, a little bit of help a few times i don't know man and and here's uh, here's my just my kind of like my take on everything like this article actually like makes me more excited for this movie. Yeah. Um, and it does a pretty good job of trying to tie everything together. Mm-hmm. Um, I still have like these like it's hard. Let's take Game of Thrones for example. Let's use that as an example. We talked about that earlier. Yeah. Um, that ending, like it or not, was the ending that George R. R. Martin had mapped out. Mm-hmm. 
there, this is not the ending that George Lucas had mapped out from the beginning. Correct. And for, for, for good or bad, mm-hmm. um, but it's harder to perceive this as a um, cohesive story because of that. Yeah, and like it's hard to like wrap your mind around the fact that it is the ending right. of these eight other movies. That part feels weird to me. Yeah. And I understand like why you would want to try to do that. Like why why JJ is like, okay, well, this is the task. Like this is what we have to do. I understand him wanting to do that. Yeah. But at the same time, I also like it, it, it this whole from Force Awakens all the way through this. It hasn't felt like an ending. It's felt like a beginning of right. the next. Well, and thing. I think the part that makes it feel weird is the fact that they are saying this is the ending. And yeah. This is now a complete package. This is the this is the envisioning and um, story that George Lucas started way back. Even in the article, they reference he you know started after Episode Five. Yeah, Empire Strikes Back. He started talking about a nine episode uh, saga. And so, but like you literally took his scripts and threw them out when you bought the franchise. Yeah. So like, it's hard for me, like as a fan, I don't know, like, you know, does it make, does does this make sense? It makes sense. It's hard for me emotionally to get over the fact that sure, you may say this is ending, but like, this doesn't feel necessarily like a complete, and maybe it will after this movie. But right now, yeah. nothing that we've seen from Force Awakens: The Last Jedi feels like it's wrapping up anything. And yeah. if you were, if you were, you know, you think about the third third act in a trilogy, and this is a trilogy of trilogies, as the article puts it. Right. Like the third act of your trilogy should feel like it's wrapping things up, mm-hmm. and nothing does up to this point. Up to this point, no. Like in fact, like it, it almost seemed like, oh, Force Awakens just kind of kick kick the ball. You know, it was like, oh yeah, let's do the kickoff, and then like the next thing literally didn't like start wrapping anything up no it just literally took place days later right and it and it only took over the course of like a a couple of days too you know it's like okay so this is i don't know you know this this doesn't have any we did learn in this article this new one takes a takes place a year afterwards yeah so it's a little bit of time has passed and like you know they talk about how ray's uh basically done with her training but at the same time you're right like it doesn't feel like this is this is the close. It yeah. doesn't feel like this is the close of a trilogy, let alone a trilogy of trilogies. Um, so I guess, you know, like I, I, I you know, obviously these kinds of pieces are PR pieces. Like they, you know, they, it's not written by someone who works for Disney, right. but it almost might as well have. Well, yeah, because they showed them and, and gave them the things that they wanted them to know and say and reveal. Exactly. And get the exclusive images of these things and be able to reveal these things. Um, and so, like that's the that's the the part. I guess you know, like it's again, it's a really well written article. It makes me excited for it. But the way that it's being positioned as like, well, this is the end of this epic saga. Uh, just makes makes just feels weird to me, and like that part is unappealing to me. Yeah, in a way. Yeah, and then you know. I think about the fact that this trilogy, so the 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 current one that we're in, was helm wasn't helmed by the same same person all the way down. That's like this pl- is, it, or, and even, there was no master of vision, for right? It. Well, and even in the article, um, it, they spend like a lot of time talking about Force Awakens, a lot of time talking about like how what yeah. that set up and what it kicked off, and like the 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 things that will be wrapped up in this one that were started in that one, but they very much leave a lot of the Last Jedi and some of its like you know back and forthness out. 
And so that was interesting to me. And I'm like, okay, well, that's largely because the person they interviewed was the person that did The Force Awakens and is now doing this movie. So I don't know. Like, it's just, it just, it doesn't feel like we've had enough time in this trilogy yeah. almost. Like, well, agreed. Well, and I think we didn't have enough time because you think about the amount of time that passed between, you know, for instance, A New Hope yeah. and Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. And then between Empire and Return of the Jedi. Empire and, mm-hmm. and Return of the Jedi is closer. But yeah. it's actually, but he had, they had time. Luke went back to uh, Dagobah. It's true. Remember? Yeah. And so he had time to do some things. Um, same thing with, with the original, like, uh, sorry, I say original, not original, with the prequel trilogy. Right. There's a lot of time that's passed between episode one and two, less time between two and three, same kind of, same kind of deal. And this one, it almost flip-flops. It's like... Mm. Between yeah. between um, episodes seven and eight, like zero time has passed. Right. Between eight and nine, now a year. You know, so some time. Yeah. But I think these these are the closest together movies mm-hmm. in in uh, respect to time. Well, largely, like you, you in the other trilogies, you see because of that time that's taken place in between the two the the various movies, the places where the characters ended in the previous movie were able to solidify and take take more shape whereas in where we saw the characters at the beginning of last jedi yeah, it's it, like it almost felt like they oh i'm still like teeter-tottering with like where i was at at the totally. end of this one you know finn still is thinking about deserting and yeah. all this stuff and yeah. like finally he comes around but that's like almost like a story that would have not even been on screen for what would have been a new hope yeah. like han solo i guarantee you there were numerous times after a new hope where han solo is like maybe i should bail maybe i should bail but right. i'm not gonna actually get a bail you know and then totally. but you see where you see him at the beginning of empire is like he's clearly he's a member of the resistance or the uh, the, the the rebellion at the yeah. time, you know? So well, the same thing, you know, like, you know, I think that's what makes me feel like to some extent, it doesn't, it doesn't feel like race race done with any kind of training or should be done. Like it doesn't, we haven't had enough time. I guess this one might feel like that way because it, yeah. you know, like some time has passed. Yeah. But especially like whenever we, we see just like an acceleration in her force ability between uh force awakens and the last Jedi, that doesn't feel real or does it feel earned yeah and it also feels like so like i mean the 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 timeline of the last jedi is so skewed in my brain because it seems like she was with luke for way longer Uh, but she wasn't but she wasn't right like but it seems like the the way it was shot made it feel like you know the whole days of yeah like training it's almost like whenever you would go flashback over to dagobah with with uh, luke in empire or whatever and And he's he's running through the trees yeah and like lots of this training's happening and like oh we raised the x-wing up there were none of those kind of moments so slow like you know like I'm right. learning the force kind of moments. Right. And we know like, obviously like, you know, it, it wasn't like a relative time situation going on in last Jedi. It's just, it was a short period of time and it, you were only able to really tell that it was a short period of time because you know how much time has passed on the, like with, with right. princess Leia and all right. that. Like it's, it really is interesting. Like it's just, it feels very, accelerated yeah um in just timing and, and this has nothing to do with like the the fact that oh it's a fast editing it has nothing to do with like that it has everything to do with like the time in between the no. movies like you could do you know you could solidify that 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 character development off screen and then you're like oh now finn is 100 a member of this uh rebellion ray has has trained a lot more and i go from don't, there i don't know that we would have like if 
again, you know, we're we're dealing in um, what ifs, but like honestly, I I don't know that they would have necessarily put the Last Jedi right after the Force Awakens if they hadn't kept Luke Skywalker out of it, and so like they needed to pick up yeah. right there. Yeah, like the other option was to jump forward in time, and she's been living with Luke for a while. Yeah, but we didn't. Yeah, um, you know, and that's one of the that's one of my biggest um criticisms i think of the force awakens is that luke luke wasn't in it more like with totally. with han and leia and that's always been my biggest thing is like man that's that, that was that, that's kind of a while i understand the, the what he was trying to do um just kind of a bummer you yeah. know it's like hmm. but agreed like that that we would have felt like hey she's had more time but with him for how who knows how long like yeah. you don't have to really necessarily say and then you get into the events of uh yeah. of the last jedi so again like in the, but you know go back with uh, with me to when force awakens came out yeah like honestly it didn't it until disney started getting um getting criticism for their storytelling yeah. in The Last Jedi. Mm-hmm. And now, like, the next movie that they had to produce, they're like, well, this is the last one. Yeah. Like, I think if you were embarking on this final trilogy of trilogies mm-hmm. back with episode seven, there would have been some kind of talk about, well, this is the last three. We're finishing this story yeah. back then. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, and then, obviously, there's there's all the, the talk about um, how whenever George Lucas, like, sold Disney the rights to – or sold Disney everything with uh, Lucasfilm that he pitched them his, like – treatments for what would have been the final trilogy like mm-hmm. the you know seven eight nine and then somewhere and along the way terrible. i don't know it may have been but, terrible you know and it honestly like it, like that doesn't matter one way or the other that's neither here nor there but it's like that him saying this is the seven eight nine like it rather than saying oh well then we're just gonna have star wars movies until all oblivion like till forever from now if they'd said at that point, okay, well then this is the last trilogy and right. then we'll spin it off and do these spinoff movies yes. and spinoff trilogies and spinoff. Thing. And so if we'd known from then, maybe it would have been a little bit different, but mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just it, the, the, the way that everything worked out is the way that it worked out. And here's what we're left with. Mm-hmm. Um, I did, uh, along with the vanity fair, uh, article, I did see that they had written an article about, how the title is a lot of the final Skywalker film has been planned quote from the very beginning. And um, they haven't started saying that stuff till recently either. No. And the, but like in this, like they have a quote from Adam driver. So Adam driver says, let me find that quote real quick. He says, quote, I knew little bits from my first meeting with JJ. Adam driver says, uh, of where Kylo Ren finishes this story quote. An overall arc was very, not vague. The opposite. It was very clear. There was an end in sight. Even from the very beginning, the details obviously hadn't been worked out, but what we had talked about, the very first, very thing that we'd been working towards with his last one, so what they talked about is what they've been doing in this one. So whatever that first meeting was, he's like, oh, we're still doing that in this one. Well, and that's probably why they, like, you know, they had a point A and they had a point B. Yeah. They had nothing in between. Yeah. And that's probably why it felt so sloppy with The the Last Jedi, Mm -hmm. because they're like, well, you know, whatever, like... we just need them to... <laughs> as long as we end up here, you know? Exactly. And we talk a lot of times about... And if you're the middle movie, who cares? Right. You don't have to get them there. Right. Well, and then, you know, you think about... Um, we talk about, like, the Marvel movies, where it largely it's like, well, we need... In the end of Thor Ragnarok, we need X, Y, Z. Right? And then yeah, yeah. so then it's like Taika Waititi, and it just goes, okay, 
I'll take that and I will do my own thing. You know, it does his own thing and gets it there. Yeah. And so that's all they needed. But like in this case, because you're telling a trilogy, something that has supposed to have a beginning, middle and end, like you really can't necessarily do that. Like have just a kind of a one-off story where it's like, ah, well, it doesn't matter what kind of a story you're telling yeah. as long as you end here, which is, you know, kind of what it felt like. Like, and that's the way that the Vanity Fair article kind of presents everything. That's the way they're talking about it too. Right. Um, they're talking about it not as a trilogy, but as like two movies, you know, <laughs> like right. This well, is I mean, uh, a sequel because to Force I, Awakens. Because honestly, I think that's these are the only two. That, other than the, the fact that spoilers for Last Jedi, sorry, <laughs> yeah, I'm big spoil spoilers, it. big spoilers. Yeah. Other than the fact that Luke dies, yeah, and the the rebellion, not rebellion, the the uh, <laughs> resistance, resistance. Yeah, we've been interchanging all of them this whole. Have we? Yeah, the the uh, they're the same thing, <laughs> same freaking thing. Um, the resistance has been just decimated down to like what twelve people? Yeah, that we counted. I can't even remember how many we counted at the end. I think uh, it was. I think it was like ten or twelve. Ten people. or twelve people. <laughs> that's all that's left of this resistance. Okay. Like, but the, other than the fact that those two things happened, yeah, nothing else really matters. Right. Right. Um, well. Yeah, like you have you have you have random little things like mm -hmm. you know Kylo Ren and, and Ray's connection or mm -hmm. um, uh, the fact that she got the books. I guess you know, yeah. like who knows the training, you the know, the training. Yeah, but like uh, it's largely yeah. doesn't mean anything. Well, and then honestly, I've talked about before, like the, the on multiple watches of. The Last Jedi, like I, it's the point that they're making in that movie that they they don't make very well, you know. Yeah. By the end of it, like the even if as a standalone thing, like it just it, the 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 point of like the the Jedi are alive and well, they don't need to end, and you can't kill the past or whatever. Like that point isn't made heavy enough to actually really like. It sounds like you're killing the past the it, whole time. The whole time, yeah. Like they make the argument that hey, yeah, we should totally kill the they past. They reference that in this in this article. And the Jedi should end, yeah. Like they, those are the points that you take away from it. But actually, at the end of it, like you look at the the way that it all works out, and you're like, well, they didn't hammer home their point enough. Like, no. you know, where where Luke finally goes, he's like, oh, this, the Jedi oh, are the, not the, dead. They're worth keeping. Yeah around and you know, so like, yeah so anyway like it's it's just interesting to see that the fact that like oh we're just kind of like leaving the middle part of the story out and I, even when the review for the last jedi back you know years ago whenever we did it it going i think i mentioned going from bad to worse is a hard turn to make and you go from at the end of uh the force awakens you're it's bad and then they try to make that turn and make it go worse in the mm -hmm. next one. And that's a hard one to make. Whereas, like, you look at the original trilogy. What do you, why do you, what do you mean, like, the, the Force Awakens ends bad? So the Force Awakens, like, they decimate the entirety of, like, the Republic. Like, they True. destroy, like, an entire system of planets. Yeah. And the, the res resistance. And Han Solo's dead. Yeah, Han Solo's dead. Or I didn't like, leave that movie being like, man, I feel real good about life right now. Exactly. Like, you go away from that being like, man, we maybe destroyed a weapon, but we didn't win. Yeah, you it, know? Wasn't, it there, wasn't the new hope. There was, yeah, there's not like a, oh, man, start, you know, Darth Vader out spinning around in space somewhere getting all dizzy it's like you know it's there there's nothing no victorious you know mm -hmm. moment at the end of that really mm -hmm. um you end with with leia and and uh and ray hugging each other two complete strangers but hugging each other and crying because mm -hmm. han solo is dead yeah and uh and now then you go into last jedi and you try to end 
Last Jedi where they're even more defeated. Yeah. And there's only like, like 12, 12 people left. Yeah. Um, aside from, which they're not going to do this, they're not going to bring this back around, but at the end of uh, Star Wars Resistance Season 1, the te- TV show, the animated TV show, um, a group of uh, Resistance uh, fighters go off into like hyperspace not knowing where they're going to end up. And so there's some people, like there's a group of Resistance people just out in the middle of nowhere. Oh, and that could be a thing. It is. I mean, it could, I mean, it could could come back around. We're like, oh, well, we have more people. Where did these people come yeah. from? Um, but that's why, like, it's tied directly into the beginning of uh, or, or the middle portion, I guess, of Force Awakens, where they destroy all the planet. You see that moment happen mm. in Star Wars Resistance, mm. and then everything goes down with their thing, and the the ship goes off, and they're in light, hyperspace, don't know where they're going to end up. <sighs> well, gosh dang it, man! Now I'm going to have to watch that stupid show. I mean, you could just watch like a few of the episodes, probably okay. watch watch the key episodes and go okay. from there. All like right. there are whole episodes where you're like, oh, this is this is largely inconsequential. <laughs> and there's other ones where you're like, man, that was really cool. You know, that was yeah. tied in, like all this stuff. So I mean, honestly, like you know, if we are talking about what what has been like the best Star Wars thing in recent memory, it's Rebels. Of course, yeah. Rebels was so good. So good, man. And it, it like explored some really cool stuff about the force. Yeah. Um, and I like honestly, I want that stuff to pay off, man, mm-hmm. in the in the main movies. I think in my mind, I feel like it will. But they I don't talk at it, all about Palpatine. I don't think it will in, in this article. In this trilogy. Oh, um I think that where we might see some of that like kind of make its way over into the the movies is like the next trilogy yeah well so let's talk about that so like one thing that they did say like we knew that i think we were did we talk about it last week that the yes um the next trilogy or the next movie will be from the game of thrones guys mm-hmm. um who are writing the next Benioff trilogy and weiss like scripted like apparently that yeah they're writing the next trilogy and this will be their trilogy yeah like that's the way that vanity fair just this article just laid it out yeah like this is their next trilogy Ryan Johnson's will come after that sometime. We're like, oh, we have no idea when that's going to come. I think right. that's what the article said. And I'm like, well, I mean, no one does. Honestly, yeah. I mean, I, 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 again, I, I think this, there's a concerted effort by Disney to distance themselves from Ryan Johnson and The Last Jedi and all the things that made that what it was. Um, until they get done with this. Once I think, right. again, it all feels so contrived. Of the, They're like, well, this is the end. So that they can completely just like divorce themselves from this storyline and do whatever they want. Yeah. And, and part of me like wishes, you know, that, that the way it was presented initially had been, Oh yeah, this is, this is the last trilogy. Yeah. Um, that George Lucas, you know, kind of helped out with right. or whatever. And, like, kept it's like, it, and kept it closer to that or something. Kept it, you know, like you I said, mean, it might've been horrible. I mean, true. But like, just do what they did for this one where they're like, Hey, we consulted with George. Yeah. Like just consult with them then. Yeah. But it sounded like they like kicked him to the curb with the first one, uh-huh. and he had nothing to do with it. And I guarantee Ryan Johnson like didn't go talk to him and be like, "Hey George, what do you think I should do here?" Well, and then like I mean he yeah hmm. he he barely talked to JJ. Hundred <laughs> percent. I mean that's yep. that's what they both said. You know. Yeah. Um, it's a uh, the the uh, architect of the new of the final trilogy. <laughs> right. The funny thing like about. Um, about like the whole thing with George and stuff like that. Like there was a definitely a time like the, there are articles that would go in depth with us. Like, okay, this is the timeline of when George was working on the stuff with uh, Lawrence Cassidy and all, like all this stuff. And, and then like, there was a time where it just kind of stopped. Like George, yeah. like the, the script completely changed hands from this person to this person. And that's whenever George dropped off. Yeah. And so 
like that's the moment if you want to like trace back where you're like that's the moment we should have tried to avoid at all costs right. here you know somehow yep um but not, not because we need to like adhere 100 percent to and no. do whatever george says no like but as the originator and creator of this mm-hmm. i would i at least want his input into mm-hmm. how this ends up and well, how, like the process yeah. along the way yeah yeah, I mean, that's the thing about, like, even uh, Game of Thrones, like, where it's like, oh, well, at least, the very least, we know that this was the ending that George R. R. Martin right. had envisioned. Like, how you, how they got there, they maybe, got there, maybe, maybe completely different. Like, it, yep. but, like, this was the ending. Yep. And so, like, at the very least, you know, knowing that he consulted on this one, I kind of wish it was like, okay, well, we're going to end up where George wanted us to end up by the third movie. Mm-hmm. And then we're, you know, that's it. Mm-hmm. So like all of the fill in the blanks or whatever is is all the new crew, yeah. but where we end up is is George and like that would have been interesting like to play out like that alternate history like, right. where it's like oh this and is I, and alternate I, and honestly, universe. I'm just gonna call it out. I think it's just a bunch of crap that they're like we knew we knew mm. where we were going the whole time where we yeah. wanted to go. Like that's just like not true. Well, it was Lindelof on uh, on Lost again? Like who said like. People who watch things, they want you to know where you're going to end up, but they also want you to be flexible along the way. He's like, and yeah. you have to figure out within yourself, like what the, what the balance is there. And so then they just do it. So, yeah. So I don't, you know, I think like maybe JJ had like this again, we go back to like, you know, had all these concept drawings from yeah. the force awakens that are going to end up possibly in this movie. And like, cool. I, I think with any creative endeavor, you have ideas, yeah. but you don't necessarily like it. it and definitely they didn't have some kind of grand master plan like, hey, you know, we need to do this, yeah. you know. Well, uh, I'm gonna, Let me read real fast. Like the other thing that I thought was really interesting about the future of Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll, let me read just part of this paragraph. If anything, Star Wars is uh, – he's talking about how like Star Wars under George Lucas used to be kind of rare, you know, like we – it kind of – it disappeared for a while mm-hmm. then it came back and – um, but now there's just like so much Star Wars. Right. If anything, Star Wars is getting only getting more omnipresent. The franchise under Lucas was a colossus, but he still ran it essentially as a private concern. He could make movies or not as his muse dictated. He was beholden to no shareholders. But Star Wars under Disney makes the old Star Wars look positively quaint. Between 1977 and 2005, Lucasfilm released six Star Wars movies. Then when Skywalker premieres in December... Disney will have released five Star Wars movies in five years. And this is a quote from Kathleen Kennedy. Quote, I think there is a larger expectation that Disney has. On the other hand, though, I think that Disney is very respectful of what this is. And right from the beginning, we talked about the fragility of this form of storytelling. Because it's something that means so much to fans that you can't turn this into some kind of factory approach. You can't even do what Marvel does necessarily where you pick characters and build new franchises around those characters, this needs to evolve differently. And then he goes into, like, you know, the fact that they... An example of that fragility might be the relatively modest performance of Solo, a Star Wars story. Mm. Um, And made $400 million, but also, according to industry estimates, it's the first one to actually lose money. And that's when Disney gently pumped the brakes. I I also think, like, you, you hear Kathleen Kennedy say things that she has never said before things like um uh right from the beginning we talked about the fragility of this form of storytelling because it's something that means so much to fans that you can't turn this into some we were not talking about how much this like how fragile this was in fans minds until after the last jedi 
Potentially. Um, it could have been something. So she mentioned Disney's expectations, right? Um, I think she's talking money wise. Oh yeah. I mean, and that's a hundred percent what it is, but it, like she's talking about Disney's expectations and potentially this, this sounds like to me, like this is a conversation that someone had with someone at Disney, potentially like Bob Iger has said before that it's his fault. Like that everything came out like as rapidly as it did, uh, a movie a year. And as soon as it did after they purchased it and then, you know, whatever he said before, like that was his decision. And so this sounds like to me is she's like, Somebody had a conversation with with Bob before, like we started any of this about how you don't want to do too much of this because it'll run into the ground. Whether it's her, whether it was George, whether it was anybody with this, yeah, um, saying you can't have a movie every year or you can't have what happened with uh, Last Jedi and, and Solo, which was a movie every six months. Um, you can't have that so that accelerated of a schedule with Star Wars, this franchise, with this thing. You know, so it seems to me like she's like calling back to a conversation that someone had privately with somebody at Disney, but Disney was like, "We have expectations for how we need need to make money on this. Yeah. We just spent, you know, however many four billion dollars." Yeah, I mean, um, well, so yeah, and and that's and that's probable. I also think that like she's she said she was she's saying one thing now, but did something else in the past. It's true. Where, like you know, you look at the Last Jedi, you. If you cared that much about fans and their love of the franchise, Mm -hmm. you wouldn't have done that. Yeah, and I think largely, like, that's why um, Solo was such a troubled production, too, was that, like, that's around the time whenever we, like, after The Last Jedi had wrapped production, right? was right whenever we started hearing like, oh, Solo, Star Wars Story was switching directors. And it was, so I think like right around the time that like after Last Jedi was already like done in the can, it's, it is what it is. I mean, I think we started deciding like, well, this franchise needs a little bit more of a heavy hand on the, uh, on the steering wheel. Agreed. Yeah. Those two things line up. I don't know if they correlate with each other because uh, also as soon as The Last Jedi wrapped, the only like the buzz going into that movie oh, yeah. was like yeah. everyone was like this is the best Star Wars movie we've ever seen in our lives mm-hmm. like this is so good mm-hmm. like he is the man Ryan Johnson we're giving him th- before that movie even came oh, yeah. out we're giving him a whole trilogy a whole tri- I remember like, saying at the time where I was like this makes me think that they have a lot of confidence yeah they they had so much confidence yeah. in him in that movie and um, that's why it's just so surprising and I guess I mean I'd rather her like I guess le- learn. Like okay, well, this is actually how the fans feel. Like mm-hmm. than to not, but it just feels like well, this is a little too late to be talking like that. Yeah, and then there's there are some things where, um, again, like it's it, it the PR spin spin yeah. of of every Disney property and every Disney exec, whether it's Marvel's, you know, Feige, whether it's you know Kathleen Kennedy, whether it's Bob Iger, like it's just like. Ah, yeah, I mean, ah, who knows? This is the you thing. Know? This is the thing. You know, like she mentions Marvel in there, and I. This is the other point I wanted to like touch on. Is like we've talked before about like, well, if you if you just like Marvel, like took the Marvel approach to this, I feel like it could be sustainable. Mm-hmm. Just don't look at every movie like they need to make you know three billion dollars yeah. or whatever the Force Awakens made. Yeah. Like that's unrealistic. Yeah, and I I, I realize like the, the franchises are different. Like the you know she is right that all the Marvel movies are based around one character largely. And then they all team up for the team up movies. Right. Whereas with star Wars, it's, it's always been an ensemble thing, Mm -hmm. but at the same time, I don't, I'm not entirely convinced that that's not where we're going after we end this trilogy. Like, no, I think I totally think it'll still be ensemble. 
well, I mean, I think it'll be ensemble, but I, I, focusing on like a character or like, oh man, we're gonna follow this person's journey and like Which didn't have fine. a team up movie did, after a few. with Luke, right? You know, and I just I, I'm not sure that they're not going to take that Marvel approach like eventually. I mean, I wish. Th- what I guess I'm hearing from this is like she's like, well, you know, Marvel approach won't work. We've tried some like a, a version of that, I guess. Yeah, with like solo. Like, you haven't even like tr- tried it. Like you did solo. Yeah, that was it, and 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 it underperformed mainly because it had so much like lashback because of the Last Jedi, a bunch of like bad press because of switching directors. Yeah, and you released it six months right after. Yeah, like. That other, the other. Movie. I think a lot of people had a wait and see approach on that one, where totally. it's like because I'm, they got I'm burned not, by the Last Jedi. Yeah, like, or why it, would I do this? And also, like anytime I hear like they're oh we're switching directors at the last second yeah. on any movie, I'm like, like great. We'll see what this is like, you know. And it may end yeah. up great, it may end up bad, but this one didn't end up, you know. I mean, it, it ended up fine, like as far as a movie and goes. That, well, that but was it didn't end up performing. Were, like you know, the this next movie was actually slated for this past May back then, right? Like they were they were still trying to shift everything back to May again for yeah. Star Wars, which was like another dumb thing. There's so many so many meta narratives here yeah. that you're like, and they all play into each other. Mm-hmm. I just feel like, and I have for a while, like Disney takes and or Lucasfilm or Kathleen Kennedy, whoever. Fahey, like or not Fahey, uh, Iger. They're just taking the wrong takeaways from all of this information. Yeah. It's like, oh, that's the thing. No, it's like, well, not really. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, you're like, maybe, maybe, maybe. in in part. Um, but the solo thing also, I, I do want to mention that solo also came out like a month after Infinity War. Yeah. So yep. like you another had a, another Disney property cannibalized the their other Disney property like these two major properties that they expected huge numbers from both of them right John, let's, they, just, let's just they, go run Disney they expected massive massive numbers from Infinity War right and then then they pers- like a month later released Solo and it's like well we will expect massive numbers from that too yeah. Uh, How much money do you think we have, Bob? I mean, like I, don't, I yeah, like people are going to see. I wasn't even Repeat on that review. Viewings, you I know? couldn't even see it opening weekend. Right. Because it was, I mean, there's just so much going on. Right. And, you know. Yeah. You reviewed that with uh, Fulton? Uh, probably. Or, or e- either that or J-Pin. I don't remember. I wasn't there. I never reviewed that movie. It's, it's yeah. I don't know, man. It's a, uh, it's it, Star Wars is in an interesting place moving forward. I'm excited to see what happens with uh, the Rise of Skywalker, but I'm also I'm nervous because there's a lot of things in here that yeah. even JJ at the end of the article, like they bring out a quote where he's like, JJ brought it up where he's like the, the narrative of his two movies. Let's just be honest. His, <laughs> <laughs> he says this trilogy or whatever is yeah. that like, Oh, uh, the forces of, of evil are so strong. And like, do the heroes have what it takes to like, make it happen he's like and that's kind of like what i feel like going into this movie is like all of these things like you have all of these things are in front of you You have to wrap up all the trilogy of trilogies and you have to wrap up each individual person's story here and we do we have what it takes to make it happen also let me let me say one more thing that like throws me for a loop about like what they're saying about this movie they're saying it not only you know wraps up the 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 nine movies wraps up the battle between like the empire and uh whatever like a resistance or rebellion like that that thing but it also wraps up and concludes the the battle between the jedi and the sith and i'm like what what is that like 
number one, if any of the movies are set, like the new new movies, the new trilogies are set after this, and you're saying you've you've finalized that, well, then what is the central conflict? What are we doing here? Yeah, that's always that's been at the central thing, like of every Star Wars series, comic book. I've got it, Chris. They're going to balance the force. That's fine if it's balanced, but balance implies that there's good and evil. Yeah. Because I don't, I don't believe like you know. So whenever that's always been the question at the end of Je- uh, you know, like yeah. Return of the Jedi, did he bring balance to the force when he got rid of Palpatine? Is that really balance? What does balance really look like? Mm-hmm. Well, and even like Luke mentions you know things like that in the Last Jedi, which is part of what I did like about the movie was Luke's kind of like totally. introspection of like what is what is the crimes of like the Jedi or whatever. Like that idea is like interesting, you know? Yeah, or, or you know, like just the like because around the same time we're getting stories on. Uh, rebels about like the um the um, what is his name the bindu was that his name the big creature oh yeah yeah, yeah. He just, he, I, he's I, like i exist in between yep you know in the in between yep where he's and, a force creature basically and he's uh-huh. like oh I'm, I'm gonna you know yeah that was awesome oh my gosh yeah i'm getting was, chills thinking about those episodes right? chris and so like that was all happening at the same time you know yeah. and so you're, you're thinking like okay well maybe that's where we're going but if you're like if if either like the Sith get destroyed or the Jedi get destroyed or maybe they both get destroyed, it's like, well, what is this? What is this all about moving forward? Yeah, my thought was like, if if they balance it at the end of this one, who's to say that in twenty twenty two the uh, you know Game of Thrones folks don't just right. like unbalance yeah. it again? You know, we thought it's it was, like, we oops, th- <laughs> we thought it was balanced at the end of Return of the Jedi. Yeah, that's true. And we've unbalanced it again here, you know. So, and I think that's honestly like that was what a lot of the. Um, expanded universe stuff like the the books that take place after the return of the jedi like a lot of those like exposed moments of like oh well actually it's not super balanced or or oh we've encountered the sith temple and now it's unbalanced again or or whatever so what if they resurrect anakin at the end of this It'd be real funny i mean it, it started with him <laughs> I mean, if we're bringing uh palpatine back you know yeah palpatine they, was around at you bring the time palpatine back and palpatine brings anakin back yeah and we both you know we're just there now. Yeah. We just exist. Um, I don't know, man. I have no idea what to expect from this. They're uh, they're saying some pretty big things, though. I know. There was something else. I'm trying to remember. There's something else I wanted to bring up um, about moving forward. We were talking about uh, the strategy moving forward. I don't remember. I don't know. I mean, the the television shows are interesting to me, like depending on when those are going to be placed as well. Totally. Um, because there's another live action thing that we haven't even heard of, like anything about, like right. they're supposedly planning and everything. Um, and then obviously like we've got uh resist Star Wars Resistance happening you know, next season or whatever. There's like and the so, finale of Clone Wars. Yeah, it's in. Yeah, there's the final season. I mean, obviously that's back in the past, so that won't really have a ton to do with with this. But they're actually going to be able to finish that story, which is awesome to me like that they're yeah. finally going to be able to finish that totally um the streaming service the the disney streaming service opens up a lot of doors i feel like between now and 2022 to to do some interesting things yeah so it does take a long time to spin up these franchises or these television shows about this franchise though so right well and you know like i hope that they don't take the again we've talked about this before the the traditional marvel route where the tv shows don't have yeah. anything to do with the movies and the movies don't have anything to do with the TV shows. Like, oh, where's Avengers Tower and Daredevil? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, just insane. Just small, stupid small things. little things like that where you're like, that's that would be a very small 
cost to add that digitally. You know, right. I, I just use the same shot every time. So dumb. Um, but yeah, like it's the uh, the fact that we're not going to get another movie after this one for till twenty twenty two. Like it's a bummer, but at least it's not ten years, you know, right. or, or twenty years or whatever. You know, it's at least at least if there is a timeline, you know, yeah, totally. It's all yeah, in the calendar. I, yeah. If it wasn't, uh, we we kind of questioned it. I think a few yeah. weeks ago, whenever we talked about it, like why would they do this, but I think. Well, whenever you start talking about this, and yeah. like you're so heavy-handed with this is the end, well, man, if they didn't have Star Wars trilogies already scheduled, then I would be worried. I'd, I'd be like, like I'd be how bummed, long is this man. going away for? Yeah, yeah, because like, oh, until and, and you know, maybe they they bought it, they bought the franchise, made their money back, and then let's <laughs> <laughs> let's kill it. Let's, let's be done with we it. We bought you know? it just to kill it. <laughs> I mean, that's you know, there's entire companies that like buy other totally. companies and then just like Close disband them. them. <laughs> yeah, it's like okay, made our money back, we're done. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that'd be sad. That'd be really... Uh, that's not what Disney does. That's not their MO. <laughs> the other way is their MO. They'll they'll make it until you don't like it anymore. Right. All right. Well, um, that's it for this week. What else? What are we doing next week? Is there anything on the uh, old good, calendar? Good question. One of these weeks, we need to do our E3 predictions episode, Oh, man. Chris. You're right. Because that's that's very much... That needs to be like next week, I think. Okay. Really? I really we're do that, think so. We're that close? Well, I mean, like, otherwise, it's literally like days before e3 I'm okay so with that. like a day before e3 um I'm okay with that. so it's either next week or the week after that we do the uh the predictions episode so next week if we really wanted to review it is godzilla king of the monsters i actually tried to do uh some like uh, the press screening of that I, oh. I did not get the press screening tickets though Bummer. unfortunately oh, dude, we have to do it next week because the week after is x-men dark phoenix oh yeah okay so next week is our e3 predictions episode everyone yep Watch it. Like, you remember last year before E3, the week before E3, there was so much, like, E3 leakage? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember, like, like that was literally what, like, I went back and looked, um, and that's what we titled our episode back uh, a year E3 ago. E3 leakage? Was, I don't well, think no, we said it was, <laughs> We didn't use that word. We didn't use that word. But it was uh, E3 predictions and leaks. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was just like, Because oh, there were so many. There were so many. And I feel like there's going to be so many this year, I too. agree. Like, I think that the, it, uh, the week before, like, I feel like you can put quotes around leaks, yeah. and it's literally just like, well, we want to get ahead of all the other E3 news. Why like, right. don't we just, like, sneak this to the mailman and just... <laughs> Yeah, let him bring it over to uh, to uh, Kotaku or IGN. <laughs> so cool. Well, we'll, we'll preview. Uh, we'll do, give you our predictions. I can't. You know, my prediction can't be Red Dead Redemption Two anymore. No, it couldn't last year. It was it was already like announced last year? It was year, already announced so last I, year. Yeah, but, so I uh, yeah. can't do that either. Anyway, that was my prediction for years upon years upon years. Um, but we'll uh, we'll give you predictions next week. What prediction is Chris going to give you? Preview. Like that'll be out for years and years and years from here. You Red Dead Redemption Three. Oh my goodness. <laughs> coming out in uh what would be five years after last year so uh 2018 uh 2023 redemption three coming they better start announcing it it now they'll delay it like four times oh yeah they better announce it they need to announce it now oh man all right that's that's it for this week uh you can go you can find us online at standtargetpodcast.com on Twitter at Chris Wright 250 and John Wright 777 and at Stand Target Pod. Please go to your podcast service of choice, review us, tell all your friends about us. We really appreciate it. That's it for this week. We'll see you next time on Stay, Stay on, on Target. Target.